I'm Tavis Smiley. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Our phone number 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. Glad to have you with us in this hour. In this hour, uh, two conversations on the B side of this hour. Uh, Congressman Adam Schiff, who just announced a few hours ago, he is in the race uh, for the seat now held by Diane Feinstein. That's going to be a, 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 a heck of a race. Let me put it that way. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a race. Um, uh, Diane Feinstein has been in that seat for a few terms now. Uh, and uh, while she has not said she is going to resign, there are all kinds of stories uh, that are teeing up the fact that she is, in fact, going to step aside. She's, what, 90 years old, 91, 92, something like that. Uh, been there a long time, uh, served honorably. Before that, of course, mayor of San Francisco. Uh, and there are all kinds of issues and stories about her health. Um, so we expect that she is not going to run again, although she's not said that publicly as yet. So folk are getting in this race, but none bigger than Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff, as you know, was the chair of the House Intelligence Committee. Adam Schiff, as you know, was the guy who uh, ran the impeachment hearings uh, against Donald Trump. And Adam Peach is the guy that Kevin McCarthy, the new speaker, also of California, as is Adam Schiff, of course. Uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, denied him a seat on the Intelligence Committee. Uh, and so uh, he's been in the news of late, as he always is, given the high-profile roles he has played and had in Washington. Now uh, he is running uh, for this Senate seat, again, held by Don Feinstein. So a conversation with Adam Schiff on the B side of this hour. Uh, just before we go to hour three and have an exclusive conversation with LAPD Chief Michael Moore on whether or not he has earned and deserves a second term, second five-year term as chief of LAPD. So um, a couple of California stories here, even though this show is uh, heard across the nation, these are major stories, and we'll talk about them on the B side of this hour and for the full hour in our final and third hour today. But now, is happiness a choice? How much control do we really have really have over how we show up in the world, especially when so many of us have to fight to overcome all kinds of addictions, trauma, and other horrors in our daily lives. I am pleased to be joined now for a conversation by licensed therapist Veronda Bellamy about how to make sense of the life that we are living and the legacy that we are leaving. Veronda Bellamy, good to have you on. How are you today? I am doing wonderful. It's such an honor to be here with you and your audience today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to have you on. Thank you for the time, and I'm glad we've got some time again to to work through some of these issues. Let me let me start with the obvious. I mean, this is one of those things that uh, you know you could have a um, a great debate about. I I had the honor mm. I had the honor of Aranda in my lifetime to as his audience probably knows to befriend uh, the late, great Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier is a dear friend of mine, and every other Tuesday for almost 27 years, every other Tuesday, he and I and two other friends of ours would sit for lunch. And so I had the honor of having lunch with Mr. Poitier every other Tuesday for almost 27 years. And we would always debate this notion of virtue. <laughs> you know that old debate. Uh, of, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so we, we, we had this debate all the time about, uh, I said virtue, I meant nature, nature or nurture. That was the debate we had for 27 years, uh, nature versus nurture. Every time we got together, there was some form of that debate, nature versus nurture. And so one could have this debate as well about whether or not happiness is really a choice. But give me your take. Uh, you're the licensed therapist here. Is happiness a choice? Yeah, so, you know, everything kind of stems from the mind, right? Mm-hmm. So, so many people have heard, you know, as a man think of, so is he, mm-hmm. 
right? So it starts with really what's in your mind. Whatever you do, it starts in your mind first. That's behavior, right? Mm -hmm. So as it relates to happiness being a choice, it absolutely is a choice. So we can be going through life. We could have lost someone that we love so dearly that meant everything to us, right? Mm -hmm. We're dealing with the grief of losing that person. And in that moment, there's immense sadness, confusion. You know, you're just feeling depressed, really, because you've lost someone that you really do care about, And I like to challenge people that come to me when they're dealing with things like this. What is that thread that you can find to pull yourself through? Making a conscious effort, choice to keep going step by step by step. What is that thread? Because that thread, that's you making a choice to keep living, to keep choosing life, despite the reality of what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Mm. That seems, though, I hear your point. Um, I'm glad, again, we got some time to unpack this. I, I hear your point, mm-hmm. and yet that seems so much easier said than done. Would you concede that? Yeah. I can I can definitely see that. It is a practice, which is why, you know, therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, medication, it, it exists for we exist to help people navigate life in such a way that they're able to live freely. Mm-hmm. But I do this, and I, and I speak from a level of living and being, and this is how I literally live my life on a daily basis, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes we have to, once we've dealt with trauma, it affects our brain. It affects how we process things. It affects how we show up in life because, again, what you think you are so when you are and have been traumatized, it's really hard for you to find that thread despite what you're dealing with, despite what you're going through. But the option is still there. That opportunity is still there. Your blessing is still there. But you have to choose it. So we can choose to stay in trauma. Mm. And respond from that place and life is against us and everybody's against us and, you know, all of the negativity that can come with life. And I'm not saying it's bad. Life has dealt you some crap, some crappy cards, mm. right? So when you have been dealt those cards, I get that. That's trauma. But you can rise above it. You can move on beyond it. Mm. Um, this notion... Um that you raised a moment ago, living freely, when we come mm-hmm. forward. I want to yeah. interrogate that, this notion of, of living freely. I've often said on this program that, to my mind, ain't but two kinds of folk. Either you running scared or you running free in life. You're either running scared or you're running free. And as I've also said, I don't hang out with scared Negroes because a scared Negro would get you killed. I don't hang out with scared Negroes. Either you're running scared or you're running free in life. And here comes Veronda Bellamy telling us now that there are ways in which we can choose to live freely. I want to interrogate that notion uh, of how she sees this notion of living freely. Just getting started with Veronda Bellamy on KBLA Talk 1580. Conversations that matter. matter. You're listening to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. Indeed, conversations that matter. And this is one of those conversations. We're talking with Veronda Bellamy, who's a licensed therapist about whether or not happiness is a choice, and if it is, how we make the right choice and how we 
exercise more control over how we show up in the world, particularly and especially for so many of us who have to fight our way through uh, various kinds of addictions, trauma, and other horrors that we have to live oftentimes as people of color uh, in America. And so I'm delighted to have Rhonda Bellamy on with us uh, in this hour. Later in this hour, we'll talk to Congressman Adam Schiff about his announcement this morning to uh, run for the seat now being occupied by Dianne Feinstein in the U.S. Senate. Uh, Veranda, you said something a moment ago that got my attention, and I want to give you some time to sort of unpack this. Uh, When you use the phrase living freely, by that you mean exactly what? So living freely is living, I'll say it this way, living without shackles, Mm. living without any oppression, living beyond oppression. I got in trouble a while back for saying that um, oppression is a choice, right? Mm -hmm. And it is on both sides. It's a choice that a person makes to oppress people. And then it's a choice that we make, whoever this is, we make as an individual of following with the oppression. So in living in freedom, we have to know who we are, right? So if you have the power within you to have overcome all the other things (laughs) that you've overcome, then why can't you face life in a way of freedom in your mind on a day-to-day basis Despite what cards you've been dealt, why, why, why is that a challenge for us? And I'll, and I'm actually going to come back and answer that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Right? Go ahead. It's a, it's a challenge because we've not been taught that you can be free. So when someone is traumatized, right, or oppressed, or have dealt with some type of abuse, or Um, have been terminated from a job or have lost someone. Like when someone is dealing with some type of trauma in their lives, your brain actually remembers the trauma. Your body remembers that trauma, right? And you respond to life according to what you have been dealt, what you are dealing with, the trauma that you have endured. So you almost kind of walk through, and when I say you – Dr. Tavis, I'm going to call you that because I have the utmost respect for you. Mm-hmm. But when I'm not just speaking to you, I'm saying people in general, the mm-hmm. collective us as people. So when you have been traumatized, you have to go through a point in your life, and, and maybe this is freedom for a lot of people that are listening. You have to make a conscious effort to shift beyond the way that you're showing up in life. To first recognize that there is maybe some type of skewed belief system that I have because of what I've endured. And even if you can't do that, you're thinking, well, I know that trauma wasn't right because it made me feel this way. I feel awful. I feel bad. Every time someone speaks to me a certain way, I respond a certain way, right, instead of responding from a place of freedom. So if you can at least get that glimpse in your mind, That is your token right there that you need to reach out to someone to help you unpack all of the shackles, all of the baggage, 
that you're carrying around that's really holding you in bondage. Once you begin to reprogram your mind, then you can become free. Mm-hmm. So when you know that you're free, you'll show up free. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. No, I mean I didn't mean to interrupt. I wanted to make sure you got that out. Um, as I said a moment ago, um, uh, I am, of course, a free black man, and uh, yes. and I and I said also I don't run with scared Negroes because scared Negroes will get you killed. So either you're running scared in life or you're running free. And so I'm all for this notion, as as I would put it, of shaping freedom. Uh, freedom requires some shaping. Uh, and so it doesn't just happen. Uh, and to your point, you have to have a mindset that allows you to move through life as a free black man, as a free black woman. And ultimately, let me just define that as I see it. <clears throat> Happy to get your take on it in just a second here. Uh, and I've talked about this many times in my career in speeches and beyond. And so when I talk about shaping freedom, when I talk about being free, by any other definition for me, freedom simply means this for people of color, that you are able to seek your truth, speak your truth, stand in your truth and stay with your truth. Whatever that truth is, um, you are free enough to be who you are uh, and own the truth of who you are and speak that truth uh, anywhere and everywhere in the world. If you are in any space and you do not feel free enough to be who you are uh, and to say what it is that you feel uh, and to express yourself in ways that are completely um, uh, in line with your beliefs, um, then you're not truly free. And so for me, I don't, I've never been anywhere in the world where I don't feel the ability, uh, the capacity, the wherewithal to speak my truth. I got in a fight one night with Fidel Castro, literally the Fidel Castro. We got into a fight one night, an argument, not a fist fight, an argument at a table. We argued for a while. Uh, here I am with Fidel Castro. When we walked out, my friend said, wow. Negro, have you lost your mind? That was Fidel Castro. He took over a country as a dictator. And there you are at a table with Castro going back and forth. It was a great story, which I'll tell perhaps at another time. Uh, but I always want to be free uh, to speak my own truth. Having said that, while I'm all for freedom, and I recognize that you're right, Veronda Bellamy, that you have to, you know, it's it's a mindset. I get that. You you admitted <clears throat> you admitted that you got in trouble when you made that comment that oppression is a choice. And the minute you said it, I'm looking up at my in my studio, and Miles, my board operator, JD, my producer, both throw their arms up in the air, and I can see in their eyes what they were thinking. They their mind went to the same place my mind went to the Kanye comment. Kanye got in trouble, as you, you know where I'm going with this. Kanye got in trouble for saying that slavery is a choice. By your own admission, you got in trouble when you said that oppression is a choice. I'm with you on the front side of that argument, that it is a choice of the oppressor to oppress the oppressed. I get that. Um, but on the flip side, um, I can see why you got in some trouble, suggesting that uh, in slavery and in Jim Crow and in Jane Crow and even today, uh, that those who are oppressed have made a choice to be oppressed. You better unpack that a bit more before we get in some more trouble around here. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I Let, let me unpack it okay. because the thing is with oppression, um, you didn't make, we don't make the choice to be oppressed, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're being oppressed, how do you respond to that? How are you responding to that oppression? So if someone is, you know, basically trying to control, I'm just throwing something out, um, voter voter suppression, Mm -hmm. right? And it's becoming a movement 
like nationally, right? So how how are you going to respond to that? Because we know it's the voter suppression, oppression, what have you. How are you going to respond to that? Are you going to make a choice to surrender to the oppression? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to make a choice to stand up and stand against it? Right. So when I say oppression is a choice, that is what I mean by that on the flip side of it, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes oppression, and I can see you know, people saying, well, I didn't choose this life. This is not, you know, and, and I get that. And, and in a lot of ways, you don't, but you still can make a choice to go around it. You think about the Harriet Tubmans, the Martin Luther Kings, like they made a choice to rise beyond oppression. Mm-hmm. And we can too. Mm. No, in, in, in that sense, I take your point. Uh, I put it this way. You never let misery have the last word. You never let misery have the last word. And so the I fight, the fight back is real. I mean, you have to fight back. Um, there's no, no question about it. And so I, I take what you're saying and let me just, for those who are still wrestling with the way you framed it, and I get it now that you've explained it. Um, let me put it, let me put it perhaps another way that people can, uh, can wrestle with that in life, excuse me, we are not responsible for what happens to us, but we are responsible for how we respond to what happens to us. I use this example. Bingo. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I'm with you now. You explained it. Now I'm with you now. I'm, 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 uh, uh, I'm singing your uh, singing your tune, Navarone Bellamy. Uh, I I put it this way. I, I raised this in a talk one time. Uh, I yeah. said to the audience, "If I walked off this stage right now into the audience and knocked you out that chair in the middle of the floor, you ain't done nothing to me. You've not offended me. You ain't called my mama out of her name. You've done nothing to me. I have no right to walk off this stage and bust you upside your head and knock you out that chair in the middle of the floor. I have no right to do that." That's on me. But if I come back in here a year a year from now <laughs> and, and you still land in the floor <laughs> because you chose not to get up because your feelings are hurt, that I bust you upside the head and knock you in the floor, and you are still laying in the floor a year from now, that's not on me. That's on you. So, again, yeah. I take your point that we are, in fact, responsible uh, for how we respond to what happens to us, and that's what you mean when you say that, happiness is a choice and that we do have some control over how we show up in the world. Does that make sense to you? We absolutely have the control and not only control, we have the power to show up exactly how we would like to show up. We have the power to step into whatever life we choose to have despite what's going on around us. Mm -hmm. And when you show up in that power, it empowers everyone that's connected to you to do the same. So if you, for the example you used, if you knocked me in my head, right, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I just lay on the floor if you come back a second time it's not going to go down the same way because i'm going to make a choice (laughs) i'm going to make a choice to respond differently because i didn't like the trauma the response and how you tried to oppress me whatever during that initial um interaction so it's always a choice in life in terms of how we want to impact others those we're connected to we love and just globally, what is that? What is that force that you want to bring to the world? Yeah, um, let me get your take on this uh, again. I'm just following your lead here, uh, and yeah. just just framing things that you are saying in the way that I, the way I wrestle with them uh, uh, in public and in private. And you said something now that really jumped out at me because the way I frame it is this way: that courage is contagious. 
courage mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. contagious. When people mm-hmm. see you making a choice to be happy, when they see you exercising control over how you show up in the world, because everybody's being watched by somebody. Your kids are watching you. Your spouse is watching you. Your students are watching you. Your neighbors are watching you. Your fellow church members are watching you. Your society members are watching you. We're all being watched by somebody, somebody's, whether you know it or not. People are watching you. They're watching how you yeah. move. And when I see Negroes move funny, I move away from them. But people are watching how you move. And when they see you act with courage, that courage is contagious. You never know what you're giving. Mm-hmm. You never know what people are receiving, rather. All you know is what you're giving. But people are, in fact, watching you. I mean, you show up courageously. That courage is contagious. I think that's what you were saying. I want to make sure I'm on the same page with you. Absolutely, 100%. Courage is 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 definitely contagious. So just, you know, being able to stand in your power, you never know how that's going to impact somebody else. You don't even know who it will impact. Mm-hmm. But despite all of that, we have to determine what is our legacy, right? What is it that we want to leave? What, you know, I saw someone say, what is what does your dash represent, right? Mm-hmm. And so many people have heard that. Mm-hmm. So, and then knowing that and having heard it, knowing it, but then living it so often we get we know so much but we don't do what we need to do to live it out yeah. right so at some point we've got to start to live and take action beyond making the choice you make the choice yes then there's action that follows that so when you're taking those actions you're showing the behavior uh, and you're really modeling that behavior for other people um whether it's a it's a family member yeah. it's a client it's a patient well, whoever it is mm-hmm. you're modeling that behavior so you're really being a leader and leading people to be courageous for themselves Going to continue our conversation with Veronda Bellamy, licensed therapist, when we come forward after news, traffic, and sports, talking about the lives that we are living and the legacies that we are leaving and the control and the power that we do have uh, to choose to be happy, the power and control that we do have vis-a-vis how we show up in the world. No better time to have this conversation than in January. Get your mind right for the rest of this year. We'll continue in a moment on KBLA Talk 1580. I'm Tappy Smiley. This is KBLA Talk 1580. So glad to have you with us uh, as we continue our conversation for the next uh, 10 minutes or so here with our guest, Veronda Bellamy. We are expecting a phone call from Adam Schiff uh, at about a quarter to the hour, and we will talk to the congressman about his decision uh, made, uh, uh, announced, I should say, a few hours ago. He is going to uh, run for the seat now being held by Diane Feinstein. So a conversation with uh, uh, the man that could be the next senator from California uh, in a few moments. Uh, on uh, KBLA Talk 1580 at the top of the hour. Uh, I see now uh, police all around our building, so the chief uh, either must be here or on his way here momentarily. Uh, there's LAPD around our studio. So Chief Michael Moore will be live in studio for the full hour uh, at 11 a.m. in about 20 or so minutes, 24 minutes from now. But uh, for the next 10 minutes, let's wrap our conversation, which I've enjoyed immensely. We'll have to continue this uh, with licensed therapist Veronda Bellamy talking about whether or not happiness is a choice and how we control better in the year 2023, how we show up in the world. When you said earlier, Veronda uh, Bellamy, that um, that we have to make decisions to live without shackles, living without shackles, unpack that for me. Yeah, so for centuries, um, there has been shackles attached to different 
nationalities, um, specifically as it relates to um, the African American uh, community, and us rising beyond um, those shackles and uh, making us, or we we feel in ways that we um, are incapable of doing certain things or being certain, you know, um, personalities or uh, just feel a limitation, if you will. Um, in life in general, and then we show up that way because we believe, again, what you think you are. And so um, as it relates to living from a place of freedom and without the shackles, you first have to know that you are powerful, right? You are powerful. You have the power within you to do and be anything, literally, that you choose to become so often trauma or the negativity associated, the negative voices that we um, can hear from trauma that tells us we're not good enough, you can't do this, you're not smart enough, you're black, you're a male, you're a female. And so these limited beliefs that we have really does um, equate to being shackles and um, baggage and bondage that we live and exist within because, again, what you think you are, yeah. So the moment that you begin to recognize, oh, I'm a human being. I've endured life from a standpoint of living in the projects, not having everything that I needed, but still surviving. I've lived beyond all of that. I've lived beyond domestic violence. I've lived beyond all these things that came to really destroy me. So why can I not be exactly what I think I should be? Hmm. So whether that's becoming a... Go ahead. No, no, finish finish your point. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Please, please finish. Whether that's becoming a doctor, whether that's becoming a speaker, whether that's becoming an author, whether that's becoming um, the newest artist, whoever it is and whatever you aspire to become, why is it that you cannot step into that? If you've overcome all of these tragedies, sure. Tragedies. Why and, can't you rise beyond it? Yep, tragedies, traumas, and horrors. I I hear you. Um, you said this three times now, and I want to make sure I get this um, get you the ch- uh, chance to sort of uh, unpack this before I, I lose you. Mm-hmm. Um, a few times now, you said uh, what you think you are, what you think you are, and I I concur and I agree with that. Um, Somebody once said, it ain't what you call me, it's what I answer to, right? <laughs> so um, if, yeah. if we are what we think, how, do, how then do you uh, uh, talk to uh, persons about how to change the way they think of themselves? Yeah, so, you know, during the break, I thought of two words that we, we talked about um, mm-hmm. previously. One of the words um, was courage, mm-hmm. right? And I said, mm-hmm. well, let me just get the definition of courage and speak this to everyone. The second word is power, the definition. I like to deal with the definitions and the roots of words and where Mm -hmm. they come from. But for this conversation, I just want to deal with the definition. So courage is defined as the strength in the face of pain or grief. Mm -hmm. Power is defined as the capacity or ability to direct or influence the behavior of others or the course of events. 
So if these are the two definitions that we really need to step into our power, and it's literally telling you exactly what it looks like to be courageous, what power looks like, you have the definition, then why does that not apply to you? Mm. So it does apply to you, right? It does apply to you. So now how do you step into being courageous? How do you step into being powerful? One, you've already done it before. You may not recognize it, and you're not calling a thing a thing and what it is, but you've done it before, so you can do it again. When you're traumatized, your brain, again, your cells, your synapses in your brain, the firing of um, everything in your brain, your neurons, it all kind of goes haywire, right? And so there's a reprogramming that has to take place in order for you to shift into walking into this full power, rising beyond the shackles, the um, oppression, and all of that. There's a reprogramming that takes place with that, likely with the, the assistance and guidance of a professional, um, whether it be a therapist, a life coach, or whoever that you choose to work with, or it could be the Bible. It could be a book that you read that actually guides you through that process. But there has to be a process of reprogramming because your brain is, has been wired and conditioned um, because of the trauma to respond according to the trauma. I love it. I love it. Um, and um, couldn't agree more. I, I have enjoyed this conversation immensely. Uh, we will have Rhonda Bellamy back on this program. I can promise you that. She's the founder and executive director of Bridging the Gap of America, Inc., uh, and uh, also chief executive officer of Veranda Bellamy Enterprises and Company, licensed therapist. And again, I've been empowered by this conversation about whether or not happiness is a choice. We've concluded that it is and that we do have the power <laughs> and the control over how we show up in the world, uh, even when we're uh, fighting uh, against addictions and traumas and other horrors in our daily yeah. lives. We uh, do have uh, uh, the final say. It's our decision. We get to decide. Uh, and again, we've uh, agreed on the fact that courage is contagious. When the folk in your world see you show up courageously, then that courage can be contagious. Veronda Bellamy, good to have you on. All the best to you. Thank you for this great conversation. I appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you. Good to have you on. Let me move now from Veronda Bellamy.